welcome to Read Write Geek, a podcast for book nerds of every stripe. I'm your host, E. Marie Robertson. It's going to be a great trip. Welcome aboard. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm so excited. Today is our first geek episode, so I get to talk about true science that inspires me. This makes me more excited than you can possibly imagine. As a science fiction writer, I'm of course inspired by technology and artificial intelligence and virtual reality and computers, as well as astronomy and cosmology and astrobiology, astrophysics, and every other techish off-planet kind of science that you can imagine. But I'm also really inspired by evolution and human and animal development and by other weird things like stories of lost societies and evidence of ancient worldviews by the history of movements of different kinds and how people have reacted and the psychology of how people cope and rationalize and other all the, all the bizarre workings of our minds. I really love the scientific underpinnings of things we don't understand. Stuff that we label as magic. You know, quantum physics, anyone? So you can expect all of that here at some point. But today, what's capturing my attention can be encapsulated in two words, and those two words are walking whales. What? You just said walking what? Whales. Whales, people. The geologic fossil record links modern whales to a mammal who started out living primarily on land, but then migrated into the sea over time. Obviously, a really long time. But still, Pachycetus is the ancestor's name, Paki, because it was found in Pakistan, and Cetus for cetacean, you know, the whole kind of whale, mammal, sea mammal kind of influence thing. You can see one, well, you can see the bones of one, anyway, at the Museum of Natural History in Paris. It doesn't look much like a whale. In fact, one of the paleontologists who specializes in all things Pachycetus describes it as more like a dog with a really long snout. It, it was really about that size, the size of a dog or a wolf. They think it probably used the long, funny-looking snout to kind of snorkel for fish in the marshes and the shallows around the seas where it lived. And it did live on land primarily at one time, but it had webbed feet that showed that it had already adapted for some kind of water locomotion. It may have been semi-aquatic, even spending most of its time in the water and then just coming onto the land to give birth to its young and raise its young until they were old enough to go back into the water. So we don't really know if it was primarily land-based and went into the water for hunting or if it was actually primarily water-based. Either way, we know it clearly spent a lot of time in the water. And Pachycetus, in fact, bears the title of the first whale. So that's kind of exciting. I mean, I love this because it really turns on its head what we kind of expect in the course of evolution, right? We're so self-centric. We're so human-centric. We think of ourselves as the gold standard, like everything would evolve to be like us if only it could. We always think of life arising in the sea, and we've always seen that, that cartoon growing up of life arising in the sea, and then as it evolves, it slowly gets legs and comes out of the sea and onto the land. But here are these ancestors to whales. 
scuttling around on land on four legs. And over the course of 50 million years or so, nature decides that water is actually a better idea for them. Not, we're going to develop bipedalism and walk on two legs and stand up and become humanish because that's where it's at, but let's bail on this land idea and move to being entirely aquatic. In fact, let's even have our young in the water. We're going to stay mammals. We're not going to become fish. But we're just going to give up on this whole land idea. I don't know why this surprises us. We found so many things in the sea that researchers absolutely did not ever expect to see, like all of the the creatures living at ridiculously high pressure and high heat around the smoker vents uh, on the ocean floor. And these life forms appeared to be defying physics, thriving in environments that most other creatures, humans included, would have found impossible to survive in. And it really brings home the point that there's just so much we don't know. There's so much we have no idea about. We like to play at knowing a lot and having this advanced science, and we we do know quite a bit, and we do have advanced science, but really, we don't have that solid of an idea about what actually goes on on our own planet, never mind out in space, even on the nearest planets. And we're absolutely babies when it comes to those kinds of discoveries. So that's one reason that I love science fiction and fantasy. It gives me this great opportunity to think about how vastly different life forms and evolution could be under different conditions, how different a routine experience might be on a different planet with different gravity and light and other influences, different weather, different sun and moon patterns, different different atmospheric conditions. The idea of, of non-carbon-based life forms, for example, because we know now there's potential in that realm from looking at directed evolution of bacteria here on Earth. I mean, organosilicon compounds have been artificially synthesized for decades, and they're used in all kinds of things like pharmaceuticals and sealants and herbicides and fungicides and stuff like that, even in your computer and television screens. But there haven't been any instances of organosilicon compounds evolving in nature. So scientists started fooling with it, and they discovered it was pretty easy to coax biology to chemically bond carbon and silicon, especially in bacteria. One scientist even said, and this is a direct quote, the biggest surprise from this work is how easy it was to get new functions out of biology new functions perhaps never selected for in the natural world that are still useful to human beings. The biological world always seems poised to innovate. That particular article is pretty complicated and goes into the actual research that was done on the bacteria and the way the scientists encouraged them to mutate in pretty deep detail, so I'll leave a link to that article and also a link to a couple of articles about Pachycetus in the show notes, so you can read more in depth if you would like. And I know this isn't everybody's cup of tea, but I'm absolutely fascinated by life and by the development of life and by the process of imagining what life could look like if it wasn't here on this pretty blue ball with its moon-controlled ocean tides and its and clouds and sunshine and gravitation and ozone layer and all that good stuff that makes it the pretty habitable place that it is. And while my science fiction right now is really about people, I'm imagining people as evolutionary beings in a social sense. 
I like to think that my science fiction tries to tease out this what would happen to human beings and how human beings relate to each other and what would become important to them once human beings spread out across the galaxies and how social structures would change in a far future Earth or on an inhabited planet or an asteroid even further away from our solar system, maybe even our galaxy, further away than even we can think now. I love and am reassured by the idea that we don't know anything, really, when it comes to how we got here and how this all started and who or what might be out there. Life, truth, is stranger than fiction. And that's what I love. That's what inspires me. And that's my geek moment for today. So I hope you guys enjoyed learning about Pachycetus and about silicon carbon life form compounds. And that uh, if you enjoyed it, leave a comment below. Remember to like and subscribe. And I will see you next week. It's going to be really exciting next week. I'm going to be uh, sharing an interview I did uh, quite a while ago, about a year ago, with prolific UK horror writer Nicole Sims. She is absolutely amazing, and she's hilarious, and you won't want to miss that. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We post new content every Thursday, so don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing.